Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Mac, I have officially dethawed. Dethawed? Thawed out? Whatever the word is. I'm not used to being cold. I was at the Clemson-Boston College game. It was freezing. It was freezing. And I'm still just, I can't believe it gets that cold in Boston in October. But I know that you were in Connecticut. You were back with your boys. You were probably also cold, but you got to be inside for most of it. And you had a light delay. I mean, what a weekend. (laughs) A light delay. Never in my life have I heard of this. When there's no weather involved, there's nothing involved but... Boo Corrigan, I love you, Boo. Pay your freaking power bill, man. What are we doing? <laughs> Pay your bills. Oh, God. That was crazy. You know, we were kind of just sitting wild. there going, and all of a sudden, Jordan goes, and we have breaking news. And I'm kind of like, do we? What, what's oh? the breaking news? And he goes, there's a light problem. We're going to be on TV for another 45 minutes. I said, oh, great. See, awesome. and people don't realize, <laughs> I thought of you during this moment, Mac, when I, I saw that, that, because what people don't realize is that. People at the desk got to just talk for 45 minutes when something like that happens. Just figure it out. The good thing was the Miami-UNC game was so crazy that that kind of messed up our fill a little bit because we kept doing like live looks and then Georgia Tech-Duke. So we we like had this kind of fake fill where we talked about games that we weren't going to talk about because they ended up being so good in that moment. And then we did our pregame show. So it all worked out. It was just a little bit of extra time. and uh, But great to be back. Great to be back working um, you know, with the guys. An awesome weekend. My goodness, all these great games. Just you know, really around college football, but specifically in the ACC. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was a good time. Great to be back with the guys. I would say some teams had better weekends than others. Very as true. is always <laughs> true. Always is the case. And we'll talk about some of those ACC teams. I'm not sure that any ACC team had as bad of a weekend as certain other programs out there. One of them, Oklahoma, and you could even say one of them, LSU, getting blown out at home. I was watching noon games, and those two really stood out to me. I was excited for both of those games, and man, they were duds. And we didn't really get any duds in the ACC this week. That's right. Come on. That's what we do. That's what we do. It delivers time and time again, and it's going to deliver again this week. And cannot wait. We'll talk about it Friday, but... The Knowles and the Tigers, anytime they get together, mm-hmm. it's going to be a big party. So I'm excited for and that. And, Mac, don't forget Duke UNC. I'm all about Come it. Come on now. I'm all about it. I didn't go to Duke or UNC, so I, you well, know, yeah, it's a rivalry that it's more important on the court to me. We may be having a, <laughs> we may be having a certain guest. Anyway, speaking of UNC, the latest AP poll is out. Clemson is four. Clemson jumped Michigan. I thought that was good. Move up a little bit there. Uh, Wake is 14. NC State's 15. Syracuse is 18. And North Carolina is 26 because they decided to rank some guy named James Madison above North Carolina. You know, I get it. James Madison has become like a darling of college football. Everyone loves him. And they're now FBS and they're suddenly ranked and they're undefeated. That's great. UNC, I think, beat Duke, and you're probably going to jump back into the rankings. (laughs) That's right. Just take care of business. Just win, and you'll be just fine. So it's cool to see, you know, a little bit of the respect card for Clemson. You know, I think again, when you, when you, if you just took the AP poll without the the biases, without the the well, we started this team here, right. and you look at whose record is where. I think Ohio State would be number one. I think Clemson really? would be number two. I think Georgia, and then Alabama, and then maybe Tennessee. Maybe Tennessee's higher. 
I think it, there, there's too much, and that's why I can't wait till these college football playoff rankings come out because there, there's just so much more that they go into. They watch it, I think, more in depth, and it's, I don't know, it's just, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. I think if we just were ranking teams without any preconceived notions, any any biases, I mm-hmm. think you could make the argument to put Tennessee one. Yeah, I agree and with that, too. I think you could too. put Clemson two with two ranked wins. I yeah. don't think Ohio State's been that impressive. And partly because I think the Big Ten has looked like trash. And, of course, <laughs> no one's talking about it. Michigan yeah. State is awful. Um, the only other good team besides Ohio State, I think, is Michigan. The mm-hmm. whole other west side of that league is terrible. Like, yeah. ter- Nebraska you know, you know is currently tied for first place. <laughs> Just as Herb Street predicted. He knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Uh, you know what I thought was funny about that is is just talking about how bad that league is at the not the top at the bottom. Um, there was a I mean, stat, the middle too. The middle. I think. There was a stat that came out about the great defenses and who have allowed these points. And there was so many Big Ten teams on there. I was like, of course, this is this is really good defense. And I kind of looked at. It, I was like, the offenses are so terrible. They're this so is, bad. Anybody could play defense. So it is. It is funny. It'll all take care of itself. It'll all work out. But uh, yeah, just just keep winning. Keep doing your thing. It goes back to, we talked about this in the offseason, Mac, when we compared Ohio State's record versus the Big Ten and Clemson's versus the ACC. And That's right. for some reason, Ohio State gets more credit for beating Rutgers in Illinois than <laughs> right. Clemson does for beating Boston College and, and whoever else. So right. it's it's interesting. If, if you think the Big Ten's worth billions of dollars, by all means, invest. Okay. <laughs> let's get to our Big Three breakdown, Mac, and let's discuss some of these games. The game that was the game of the weekend – that you and I disagreed on uh, was NC State Clemson and in, or NC State Clemson. Sorry, NC State Florida State. We agreed on that one last week. NC State Florida State. NC State beat Florida State nineteen to seventeen. This game, it felt at times it felt like a game from nineteen seventeen. Um, <laughs> the offenses were struggling at times. Mac, we talked about the QB play on both sides. Honestly, neither quarterback was great, and Devin Leary got knocked out of the game, which was a big part. Um, which is a big concern for NC State in the second half. I think, look, I want to give NC State a lot of credit because to win that game, to come back in the second half when you're already down by so much with your backup quarterback, to grit that out is impressive. I think, though, Mac, that Florida State is the better team and looked like the better team. And I I think that Florida State completely lost this game versus NC State winning it. What do you think? Interesting. Interesting. I, I think that that's fascinating that you think that. I think it was a tale of two halves. I think well, it, it was. was an NC exactly State was. team. I think it was an NC State team that maybe was just feeling all of the pressure in the first half, couldn't get up for it. In, or Florida State having unbelievable answers. Jordan Travis cooking. That run game was all over the place. Defense just couldn't settle in for, for NC State. Then you come out at half, and the, the boys from Raleigh were swinging. They march up and down the field. Devin Leary throws a strike, scores a touchdown, and that just felt like a really big shift. It was like a, okay, we've weathered this storm. It's time to go. It's time to get cranked up. And that translated directly to the defense that then just punched Florida State in the mouth time and time again and put them in adverse situations opportunistic with a couple of silly turnovers that, you know, one looked like they were just completely on different pages to end the game. 
you know, Florida State, which, by the way, don't get me started on that. I, I didn't like at all how they just said, we're not kicking the, we're not kicking. I mean, so, we're okay. not confident. We're not feeling it. We're scoring a touchdown. And he had already made one. I mean, I get that he had one, had one. No, <laughs> I get that. One. And he has had a rough year, but yeah. he made one and the whole team gathered around him and it, it felt, I mean, yeah. Mac, you know, kicking is so mental. I feel Absolutely. like, look, if he had missed that one mm-hmm. and he on the year was, is like, what is he? I mean, three right. of eight or something ridiculous. Right. Then yeah. I understand, but he made one. Yeah. And uh, okay. Even if you're saying I'm not going to kick it, why are you doing that on first down? Why are you throwing <laughs> that kind of ball? Maybe you're just taking a shot, but I mean, right. you have to make sure that that ball is either where Micah Pittman can get it or out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't take that risk. And then the offense was moving the ball well on that drive. Yeah. I mean, run Absolutely. the ball. No, I think, I think what it was, number one, the confidence thing, that was just weird to me, you know, that they just, that was the mindset because of yeah. what you just said, that the fact that he did make, I think it was 47 yards yes, and it was going into run. halftime. Like, okay, he did it. Like, come on. So I'm with you with that. I thought yeah. that was very strange. And what, what kind of message does that send now? Like right. his confidence is even lower, you know, right now. And, and maybe, you know, it was a thing that we just trust our quarterback that much. Or he's, we he's really felt like, like one we of, could score. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's playing like one of the best in the conference. Let's keep the ball in his hand and see what happens. And unfortunately, I don't know if it was a look that they liked. I'm not sure if it was just, okay, we've been running it. Let's take a shot. We're pulling those safeties down. We're getting everybody to bite. But the the communication error between Micah and, and Travis, Jordan Travis, was nuts. I mean, he's literally throwing a fade ball, right. and Micah's running a curl. Near. And, it's the easiest pick you'll ever have. Yeah, and because he's backpedaling the whole way, and he sees, wow, this ball's still going. I'm going to keep going, <laughs> you know, comes down with it and, and seals the deal there. But really just that entire second half, I, I can't give enough credit to NC State's defense, the way that they played, the way that they rallied. Just, I agree. Florida State couldn't do anything. And then you have a young man come in, you know, who's probably not thinking he's going to play. Right. Devin gets knocked out of the game and, and hope and pray that he's going to be back sooner than later. But he got hit, reached straight for that shoulder, I'm thinking it's a collarbone or an AC joint, something that's just that's not good. And uh, you know he comes in there and runs the ball at will, and they really get it going and, and score points. And big shout out to to Dunn. I mean, kicking the ball like a madman for NC State and getting them those points. So I thought it was just one team responding to adversity and the other not being able to to level up with them. I agree. It it shows how important kickers are because if NC State has Chris Dunn, then they win the game. Or sorry, if FSU right? does, they win the game. Yeah. But I think part of why FSU struggled so much in the second half was because they weren't ready at all for Chambers and for this QB run attack. And, yeah, you should be able to adjust, but that I think that benefited NC State. I, I'm just at a point now, Mac, and, and I'm feeling feisty today, so I'm just saying what I think. <laughs> I, I don't know what's up with this NC State offense. They ran the ball better, but Devin Leary is just and, – and, and it's Devin Leary plus everybody else, but – Mm-hmm. He's not playing like the ACC preseason player of the year. And no. obviously we hope he's healthy. But it just feels like to me that NC State with Clemson, they didn't get lucky. But throughout the year, they have just kind of stumbled into some of these wins. And that's great. Right. It's the opposite of what NC State normally does. So it's mm-hmm. kind of amazing. But this was another one of those games where it felt like they just kind of got lucky, Mac. Right. No, I, I agree with you. The offense has not looked anything like what, what we expected it to from, from an explosion standpoint, from an execution standpoint, even in the, the first half. I mean, miscues right yeah. and left in the passing game and, and you know, overthrown balls. And, and I know one of them was a P.I., but just not not what 
NC State fans, not what we thought it would look like. And and so another bad thing is is Demi Sumo goes down as well in the second half. And so now you've lost two of your best players offensively, and we don't know the extent of the injuries yet. And hopefully by Friday we'll be able to update you because they're going to Syracuse right. uh, this Saturday in a massive team, game in the Atlantic. Um, but I'm with you. And, and it's really weird because there wasn't a coordinator change. There wasn't a ton of personnel change. And you've got a three-year starter at quarterback that – you know, right. we expected to take this massive jump. The only thing that was different or is different is expectation and, you know, deeming you this and that and, and all this excitement. And, and that's tough when, when that's there. It's it's easier to have that chip on your shoulder to, to, you know, fuel that fire that I have all these doubters. I'm going to prove them wrong, this and that. But when everybody's on your team and everybody's looking at you and that those lights are really bright, it's a different situation. And, and so I'm sure all of that plays an effect. Emeka Mezzi is gone, and obviously he was such a special talent. And he and Devin's relationship was tremendous, but I'm with you. It, this offense looks nothing like what we thought it it was preseason, what it was going to be. Right. Here's the good news, NC State, even though you're not sure about your quarterback right now or Demi Sumo Kornbeck. You are 5-1. and one. Like, you you haven't played your best football by any Absolutely. stretch. And you're 5-1. You'll take it, I think, if you're NC State. They bad. have Syracuse. I will say, okay. right, right. I, I will say this as well, KG. You know, the the last two years, these guys find a way to win, right? Like, it, it, it's one game, it's offense. One game, it's defense. One game, it's special teams. If you remember a couple years ago, or I think it was last year, they had like two block punts yeah. and, a, and a special teams touchdown to win the game. So, these guys are used to to gritty, the tough, UNC game. battling it out. Yeah, just, just figuring it out. How are we going to win this game? And they'll go do it. So, I don't think it's it's all the alarms and bells, but you just would like it to, to be cleaner, more explosive. Let's go score a bunch of points. Well, and, and again, we'll see about Devin Lear, but I think Chambers does look quite serviceable if you can go up, if you right. can game plan with him for a week and then mm-hmm. go play Syracuse. But NC State has Syracuse next. That's tough. Uh, right? Another ranked opponent. Florida State has Clemson. That's also tough. Florida State <laughs> gets to host Clemson, though, for the first time in quite a few years. So I, I think that's still going to be a really good game, Mac. Speaking of Clemson and sticking in our big three, number five, or not number four, Clemson beats Boston College 31-3. to I, I tweeted this, but this is really all I have to report because this game was pretty boring. <laughs> I was in Chestnut Hill uh, meeting up with some old friends. Shout out Zach Orr. Mac also hey. loves Zach Orr. And hung out in Boston for the weekend, went to the game. Boston was great. Uh, the game was freaking freezing okay so cold and i'm telling okay it was like 45 degrees don't clown me it was so cold y'all it was so cold can i can i just ask like did you look at the forecast yes, yes. did you look at the forecast and say oh it's only 45 like that's not gonna be bad no I, mean, I thought i was prepared i had on okay uh two layers long sleeve shirt sweatshirt vest scarf gloves and a hat and I was Wait, no jacket? Still cold. You didn't have a jacket on? Well, I thought I'd be okay. Oh, rookie. Mm. <laughs> With three layers, basically. Yeah. And I like my vest. You know, I wanted to wear my vest. Sure, but I'm, just... I'm, I'm just at a point now, Mac, where I think a Boston 45 is like a regular world 25, and that's where I was. <laughs> it was freezing. What did you see from this game, though, Mac? Because it just felt like Clemson kind of walked through it, sleep, slept, walked a little. Right. It was freezing, right. as we said. Um, BC, I thought at times Jerkovic made some plays. Like he was running for his life the Literally. entire game. Yeah. And Zay Flowers was still Zay Flowers, but Clemson's depth. It's it's one of those games where maybe BC hangs around in the first half, mm-hmm. but Clemson's depth is going to show up eventually. 
Yeah, they, they just they really flex their muscles. And I think defensively, I mean, what an effort by yeah. those guys. Now, you know, would have liked to probably see a little bit more production number wise in, in the, the sack category because they had Phil like three or four extra times. Sam is excited always. Sam um, agrees with that, by the way. She, she agrees. Sam, you think they should have got her down? I agree. Um, but at the end of the day, he escaped and, yeah. and you know made big plays with his arm, and and so it, it was like he was surrounded, he was gang tackled, and then somehow, whoop, there he is, and he's throwing a pass to to Zay Flowers. So would would have liked to see that execution from them, but at the same time, he dropped back like forty five, fifty oh, times. Yeah. He was pressured seventy four percent of those. T- like that is crazy. They they were getting in the backfield. I they were making him. Yeah, speed it up and, and hurry it up. And it was a plethora of different guys. Awesome to see Xavier Thomas, a guy who's been just battling, goes and, and gets this terrible injury. And now he's, you know, relatively back, plays six games, gets two sacks, a quarterback hit, and a, a forced fumble or something of, of that Insane. nature. So in six snaps. Crazy. Yeah. Wins the MVP trophy in, in six snaps. So easy That's days wild. work there for, for Xavier Thomas. But, you know, offensively, I, I really thought that, uh, you know, the, it was a weird combination, like game plan, execution. It, it was all just really weird. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very strange. Clemson did not target the tight ends like they have been these last three or four weeks. That the, Just the explosive. You and I were joking about this. Like nobody was making moves to get by anybody. Like the, the explosive elusiveness, you know, from the Tigers was, was very strange. Um Guy's not making anybody miss, just kind of getting tackled. It was kind of the first guy that gets there brings you down, um, and especially in the first half, just you know, really just thinking, man, t- 2021, what are we doing? Like, I thought we were done with all that. Good news was they responded well. DJ really got the ball moving in the second half. Guys started making catches. There was a couple of bad drops there as well in the first half. And, you know, the comfortable lead. I mean, anytime that you, you're winning by 20 – whatever that is, 28, 27 points. I mean, you're feeling really cover. good in a conference battle on the road. Great teams cover. Get it done. It was a – whatever they won by, it was a cover. That's that's what Mac and I told you would happen. <laughs> Mac, in the defense of these guys not making people miss, um, when I stood up to go walk downstairs to try to get some hot chocolate, my knees were creaking. So You didn't make anybody miss either? It was that cold. <laughs> All right. (laughs) And so that maybe could factor in. But I don't think much cause for concern for Clemson moving forward. The offense probably needs to look better, especially in the first half against Florida State. I also just wonder, just talking quickly about this Clemson FSU game, I wonder where FSU is mentally because two heartbreaking losses back to back, like brutal losses for this team. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll jump into a lot of that on Friday because I am interested too, just mentally. Because this is probably the really the first time that Florida State has faced this type of adversity. Yes. And now, you know, you see people on Twitter, what are we doing, this and that. And I guarantee if we would have told any of those Twitter people, hey, your team's going to be right at four and two, five and two going into Clemson week, they'd be ecstatic. They'd be right. over the moon, happy with where their team is and, and what they're doing. I will say one more thing about this Clemson defense before we move on here to, to Miami and North Carolina. The run defense has been unreal. Like, they are killing people. I know Boston College has not been able to establish the run at all, but the way that those guys are swarming to the ball, getting guys in the backfield, linebackers playing at a very high level, that's going to be a massive matchup between Clemson and FSU this week because obviously FSU going to want to really run the football. I can't wait. Can't wait to watch that, Mac. Okay, we saw, Mac, a game that wasn't as high scoring as perhaps we thought. 
The final game in our Big Three, North Carolina beats Miami 27-24. to UNC improves to 5-1. and Miami drops to 2-3. and Miami's roller coaster of a season continues. Tyler Van Dyke throws for 500, basically 500 yards, almost, 496. And UNC holds a team to 24 points. An FBS opponent, Mac, and a conference opponent. It was lower scoring than we thought. And in the end, UNC was able to grit it out. What, what did you see from Miami? For me, the biggest concern, and I think they just abandoned it in the end. They didn't run the ball at all. And that bit them, I think, at some point. But they also right. said costly mistakes, the Jalen Knighton fumble, of course. But let's just start with Miami. It's weird to start with the loser, but they right. looked better, right? No, they they, they look they look good offensively. But the 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 kind of common denominator here, the common thing is they've got to score more touchdowns. Like they, they had twenty something first downs. They're in the red zone doing this and that. They had a bunch of fourth and down opportunities. And how much of that is, is not being able to run it though? Right, That's Prob- part probably, of it. probably, which doesn't make sense because they they have done it so well for so long. So I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that TVD had a massive game. He did. And TVD was doubted. He was doubted by these fans. They were calling for him to be benched. This and that. And you and I went hard on this on Friday, and I did again on Saturday, and actually got into relative disagreement with my colleagues. Them kind of blaming TVD as well. And I'm just looking at them like, guys, this play calling is average as grits. They are not allowing him to push the ball downfield. And then he goes for 500 yards where he looks flawless and makes all kinds of great plays. Now, surely there was an interception or two in there and turnover where, you know, you'd like to have some of those back. But to end the game, to me, KG, it looked like he slipped as he's throwing that ball. And so that's why it came up, you know, so short there. So TVD, as we have said time and time again, nowhere near Miami's problems and and should be never spoken about again in such way. And and what I hope is that we continue to see them push the ball downfield, let him throw the ball. Guys actually made plays. My goodness, how cool is that to see a wide receiver catch a TVD pass um, and just get it going, get a little bit more balanced, don't abandon the run, try to control the clock. But I thought the defense responded really well in the second half against Carolina. You know, they really got after Drake May, and that's the first time we've seen him, you know, face a little bit of adversity. And, you know, he he took some bad sacks. Like, he could have got away with the ball. And I think he throws two picks back-to-back, one to end the half, and then the one, the first throw of the second half that just really kind of silly decisions at the end of the day. But he's been playing so flawless, you don't want to get too upset at him. Um, Never you, Matt. Not you, Drake. No, 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 no. And, and I think that that, though, I think that that made him second-guess himself a little bit because we've seen him play with yeah, we saw such this unbelievable confidence where he's bam, 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 getting the ball out to where now it was like, oh, that guy's kind of close. I don't know if I can make that throw. And then he took a sack. And so at the end of the day for, for these guys, I feel like I've said at the end of the day a hundred times in a row here. At the end um, of the day. Yeah, North, North Carolina did enough and that defense did enough to, to stand up tall and to get the victory and opportunistic kind of like – we saw from NC State to get the big dub. So North Carolina moves into first place of the Coastal, uh, you know, just like our friend Craig McElroy uh, knew in the summer somehow, some way. And, uh, man, it's shaping up. A, a massive weekend coming up. We keep referencing it. it Friday's going to be a really fun episode. It really is. And I, I think we got to give this UNC defense credit. No one wants to. They, they still aren't great. <laughs> right. But, and I know they gave a 500 yards passing, but they did hold Miami to 24 points, and right. that is a win for UNC. If you're going to hold a team to 24, UNC should win. Now, Miami's yeah. defense, I thought, did step up and, and hold UNC to 27. Drake May made some mistakes, but he was still able to make plays at the end to win the game. 
if you're right. Miami, you think about that fumble at the end, and you also think about the missed field goal early in the game. Yeah. I mean, this this yeah. was a game that Miami definitely could have won, and it, and it looks like they have some life. They also have Virginia Tech next week, so look. It's a great boost, morale booster. That right should there. help, but North Carolina <laughs> just did enough. And it was this has kind of been a theme for UNC. We've talked about how gritty NC State has been. You don't mm-hmm. think of UNC as gritty just because they have struggled so much defensively, but they have found ways. They have found right. ways to win to throughout win. the year. Yeah, and it's, it's so important. And, and you re- reference the you know Miami thing there and, and the things that they're doing. That's all, that's their first conference game, and it's, and it's one yeah, loss. So that's wild. The Coastal, as as UNC is in first place, that thing's still wide open. You know, don't think that any lead is safe in the Coastal until it is all said and done. So we'll be fascinating to see how does the end of this thing kind of really play out. Another massive weekend coming up where a lot of that will start to be a little bit of separation, a little bit of deciding factors there. <laughs> we say we're going to get separation in the Coastal. I don't believe it. We're, no. Everyone's just going to keep beating <laughs> up on each other, as we saw with some of these other Coastal teams. Mac, this may sound harsh, but a team that's not going to win the Coastal is Virginia. I just I don't see it happening. Louisville beat Virginia 34-17. to Mac and I were both wrong about this game. To be fair... Uh, so is the whole world. The whole world. This game was stupid. <laughs> First of all, Virginia got up 10-0. You and I are thinking we are so smart. No Malik Cunningham. Of course Virginia is going to win this game. And credit Louisville. Credit the backup quarterback for bouncing back and and for especially bouncing back from a terrible pick early on. Virginia, and we were talking about this off air. Brandon Armstrong, to me, he's still a great player. I think when you look at a lot of his picks this year, it's either been a miscommunication with him and a wide receiver Right. We don't know necessarily if the wide receiver, if it's you know, if it's an effort thing, whatever, or it's a tip. It again, some of it's on him, but right. it, I, it's hard for me to believe that Brennan Armstrong just forgot how to play quarterback. <laughs> it feels like it's some other things. I don't know what's in yeah. Virginia, and, and it's weird to think that you know Dontavian Wicks forgot how yes. to play wide receiver, but he leads the country in drops, and Virginia is like first or second in the country in turnovers, and so. It's just baffling to see this like perfect storm that is happening right now for for Tony Elliott and, and these you know Virginia Cavaliers here, where it's just a weird thing that they're going through with with coach calling them out, saying it's a bunch of individuals. Mm-hmm. Coach saying we we just have to get on the same page. You know, my heart hurts. We're, this isn't last year. We're not doing last year stuff. Like he's trying to lay down his foundation for what his program is going to be, and honestly. This might be an unpopular opinion, and and you might say I'm wearing not you, but you might say that I'm wearing these Clemson goggles. But that's what he has to do. He has to establish his team, his culture, his identity. He can't just say, "Oh, well, we'll do it next year." You know, we're going to use what we have and and just figure this thing out, and then next year, you know, we'll do that. I mean, if if you refer back to Coach Sweeney's first year as a head coach. Those guys had a losing season, lost to USF in the mm-hmm. Meineke Car Care Bowl. Like, okay, that, that's not what you know Clemson has expectations of either. And those are probably a little bit higher than where the Virginia Cavaliers are right now. So I think at the end of the day, there, there's a lot of judgment coming down. There's a lot of question marks that I, I think are – some are warranted, some are not. Um, but you, you just don't expect this. Now on the Louisville side – Unbelievable effort, unbelievable execution. The team of mystery Y'all is make no thriving. Sense. They're thriving, and it's great to see it. The Atlantic dominates the Coastal. I always love that. Uh, but just to, to see how and to see the way that 
Really, it started with that big Brock, uh, the the backup quarterback there, that zone read where he faked yeah. everybody in the world out and takes it 45 yards to the house. It just instilled this confidence in him, and now he's throwing the ball at a high clip. He's making big-time plays. So who knows what to think of Louisville. I tell you guys every time we make a pick, whatever I say, the opposite's going to happen. We're undefeated in that category with Louisville. Okay, I've I feel like I've figured out Louisville here, Mac. Oh, really? So, well, I just just put this together here. This is their season so far. Win, loss. Or so, sorry, sorry. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Oh, just They're going to lose next everything. week. Like that. Perfect. Now they have a bye week next week, so they can't lose. They're going to lose. <laughs> but so what does the bye week do? Does the bye week, what does it count as? I don't know. Oh, this team man. doesn't make sense. But oh, it, it would seem maybe they'll lose in their next game because they just go loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Maybe that's one way to figure out Louisville, but they just don't make sense. At all, ever. <laughs> Honestly, Louisville and Virginia, neither of them make sense. And we talked about that with that game. We said, Both of them, team of mystery, bet. both of them. Just don't, we're going to give you our pick, but don't put any money in this game. Yes, exactly. And just exactly. don't believe us at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sticking in, well, that was the coastal. We're one of those teams is the coastal. Pittsburgh beat Virginia Tech 45 to 29. They covered. Now, I can't take too much credit because I did not. Predict. I, Izzy, Izzy, yes, covered. Izzy did. Izzy I covered. did not predict that Izzy Abanikanda would rush for three twenty and six tutties, but he <laughs> did. That was one of the most incredible performances in in pit history for sure, but right. maybe in ACC history, in college football history, that was yeah. unreal to watch. It, it was just any way that he could, he scored yeah. and, and just exemplify the the power, the patience, the vision, the breakaway speed, the elusiveness. I mean, it, it was. A perfect game for a running back to rush 36 times and average, I think it was close to 11 yards per carry, and to score six times. I mean, that's a quick math there. What is that? Every six times he touched the ball, he, he's scoring a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable to break Tony Dorsett, the legend, yes. one of the best to ever do it, set the record back in 75 against the Golden Domers, um, and then to break it here in ACC play. It, it was just crazy. And, you know, I, I think Pitt still – has a ways to go to figuring out their identity because now, you know, that, that Izzy has had these three or four really good games in a row. How do you defend it? I load the box up and say, okay, let's see what Correct. you can do with your arm. Let's see if you can beat us. And, you know, for them to just go back and forth and, and to try to find that balance, um, it, it's been surely lacking. And even in this game where you went so comfortably, defense gave up 29 to a really bad Virginia Tech team. Like this defense has not done anything what I thought it would be able to do up to this point, especially stopping the run. Uh, so still some goals ahead of you. You're only one and one. You know, it's not – there's still chaos that can happen, and, and you can certainly be in Charlotte. But, man, just just need to see everybody else kind of match Izzy's mm-hmm. intensity and his execution. Pitt really hasn't made a lot of sense this year either. When you look at <laughs> who they've beaten, who they've lost to, just especially the defense. I mean, three straight games giving up. 24 yeah. plus, I believe, and one of those was Rhode Island. Like, right, it's odd, very now, strange. They have a bye week before they play Louisville, so that, of course, will be a fun one, Mac. You and I both <laughs> picked Pitt to win the coastal. We thought they would be a little more consistent. We both thought that the mm-hmm. defense would show up. I want to say this about Virginia Tech because it really kind of hurts both of our hearts that we can't talk more Virginia Tech on an ACC football yeah, podcast because absolutely. they're one of the best programs overall mm-hmm. in the league. It's just, it's really brutal to watch. I hope it's just a year one situation. All I can think of for these Hokie fans, and you and I were talking about this before the show, the Hinden Hooker factor of it all just has to make 
all of this so much worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, that man could legitimately win the Heisman. And he played for you. It's it's unreal. And he played well for down. you. He played yeah, well for you. I mean, he was your you. starter. And you told him, see you later. We don't need you. And that's not on that's not on Brent Pry. It's on the previous staff. But it's tough are. to watch. <laughs> it is so tough to watch. We want to talk more Hokies, but yeah, it's just hard and, to. And I think, real quick before we move on, I think the other thing is we, we kind of knew that was going to happen with Virginia Tech. I mean, just the lack of talent. I mean, at the end of the day, when I look at these guys and when you see the roster – it's not up to par with an ACC roster. It's just there's there's not a lot of guys. There's not a lot of difference makers. And Caleb Smith certainly had an awesome mm-hmm. game, and it was great to see him show out. But that's one of one. And, and so the interesting thing and the interesting you know mindset moving forward for Virginia Tech is is what do you do? Do you really hone in on the high schools and, and the surrounding area and developing guys, understanding what time that really can take? You go to the transfer portal and you go the Georgia Tech route and you see where that kind of got them three, four years later. So it'll be very interesting to see what does Virginia Tech do moving forward because they have a ton of holes on their roster. You have to go and fill them. There's the access to fill it immediately. But with that comes lack of culture building, lack of consistency, and a revolving door with your roster. It's a tough choice. I'll add this, Mac. The best player to play for Virginia Tech in recent memory, like last three, four years, was Khalil mm-hmm. Herbert? If right. I'm, I'm talking skill player, right? Um, and he came from the portal, so yeah. it's just something Kansas. to keep in mind. Yeah, come on, Kansas. Kansas. Of course. Okay, two more games left. Let's talk about Duke Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech beats Duke twenty three to twenty. Georgia Tech fires Jeff Collins and is two and zero and is really in the driver's seat in the coastal. I mean, Mac, can you please explain to me what is happening here at Georgia Tech? I, I honestly think that it is when an alumni takes over. I know. That's the be a passion, the excitement, the motivation that they can get out of a team is is just unmatched. It, it's hard to do. It's hard to imagine when, when you're not from there. I mean, think of what Coach Key, there's nothing that he can ask of those guys to do that he's not already done at a very high level, at a very successful level as a player, now as the head coach. And and I think that's just inspiring. And also, you have to give a massive amount of credit to these young men because their backs were against the wall. What are you going to do? Your coach gets fired. Everything's turmoil up in the air. A lot of people are doubting you still. What are you going to do? And they go and win. They go and beat a Pittsburgh team that we thought was going to win the conference. They go and beat a Duke team that at the time I had the highest-rated coastal team in my rankings there. So who knows that this chaos that we've seen year in and year out, what these guys can produce. Jeff Sims is playing at a very high level. That guy went for 200 plus 100 plus on the ground and uh, just looked confident Mm -hmm. and and looked like he wanted to take over the game. And uh, it's a long season. Anything can happen for Duke or for Georgia tech. Uh, But I, I think Georgia tech's feeling really confident and we know how key that can be with, you know, these young men in this game. The other thing I want to say about Duke is I I thought in years past at halftime or even the third quarter, that game would be over and Duke would have gotten blown out. They they would have gotten embarrassed. Georgia Tech would have ran up the score on them. These guys guys fought back, and and it took a a punt return for a touchdown. It Mm -hmm. took a nice drive. Riley rolling to his left, flipping his hips, turning his shoulders, delivering a strike to get to overtime. Couldn't finish the deal, but – there, there's no bad or good wins or, or good losses, excuse me, but th- that showed, I think, growth to face that adversity, 
They, they haven't done it great on the road, you know, barely got by with Northwestern, lose to Kansas, now lose to Georgia Tech. But there's certainly growth there. And I still think every Duke fan should be more than excited about where their program is right now. Both of these programs, weirdly, because I'm saying weirdly with Georgia Tech, seem to be going in the right direction. And right. Georgia Which Tech just fired its coach. I brought up the Duke on the road situation. I thought that might be a factor. I'm not sure it was mm-hmm. the environment, but they just haven't played well on the road. And right. that was part For of it. For whatever reason. Let's also, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about an alum taking over. I think the other part of this is that Jeff Sims is really good, and it feels, for whatever reason, he's playing with maybe a little more freedom, a little more confidence. I, he, now, he's, he's not turning the ball over. It's not like he's just slinging it everywhere. He's actually taking really good mm-hmm. care of the ball. Have you seen anything specifically that's been different from Jeff Sims? Well, I, I think it's it's really just an inspiration thing. Like yeah, I, I truly think that he loved Coach Collins. Like I, I truly think that that was his guy. And and you know, it, it's you can choose which way do you go for that. Do you play for him? Do you play and and show the world what he was able to do, or do you pout and check out and say my guy's gone? And, uh, you know, I just remember that first interview with, with, you know, Taylor after that happened and they got the big dub over yeah. Pittsburgh. The first thing he says was we were devastated when, with Coach Collins and, and when, you know, he was kind of removed from duty. But we are so excited for Coach Key and just these things that, that we get to do. So I, I think that's just it. That, again, I mentioned it, that back against the wall, what are you going to do? And he's rising up and playing at a very high level right now. Indeed. Okay, one more game. I shouldn't even really talk about this game because I doubted the Deeks. Now I thought Wake would win. No, you need to apologize. But That's what you I said do. Army would cover, and Army <laughs> did not cover. Wake won 45 to 10. <laughs> I thought, no, Army isn't as good as last year, and we talked about that on the previous episode. But I thought this was telling from Wake because last year they had trouble with Army. I mean, that game right. could have gone either way. And this mm-hmm. year Wake said, forget it. And to me, <laughs> the biggest difference, Sam Hartman's still great, I think Wake being able to run the ball – more consistently has been a big difference maker for the Deeks. And I, I was impressed, Mac. Yeah, I mean, certainly offensively. I mean, to, to be able to have either option there and, and when right. and if a team's able to take away a la Clemson and, and the run, you can still throw it. And if someone tries to take away the pass, certainly they, they can run it. So I think the, the most impressive thing for me, KG, in this one was was the defense. Two weeks in a row. Uh, just playing lights out, playing assignment football. There were a couple of times where you know those guys got lulled to sleep a little bit. They they don't want to play assignment football. And there was a twenty yard, a twenty five, and maybe one more other long run that that did occur. But for the most part, you know these guys held Army to a hundred less than their average. They were swarming to the football. They created turnovers. They got after you know the quarterback when they they tried to throw the football. And I think that's been the biggest difference. You know, Wake Forest for the last three four years now has had this really explosive offense. We're going to score, 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 and then when we play nice, good teams, our defense can't do anything. I think they're changing the the guard a little bit here where those guys are playing a little bit more confident. They're rallying to the ball. The, the system in general has just been doing better, and that's what happens when you make a coordinator change and, and you bring a guy in. That's that's what you hope to see. So a lot of front in front of Wake Forest – in the car, not in the driver's seat, in the car in for the, the car. Atlantic Division. Uh, but certainly we'll need some help from those Clemson Tigers if they want to get back to, to Charlotte there. But this is a really good football team, and, and I'm excited to see them keep going and, and just the, the respect that they'll keep earning. You know, they, they've got some division or some opponents coming up where I think they can start climbing those rankings a little bit. I would also argue, Mac, and I agree with you, this, this defense looks better. The coordinator change has paid off. 
I would argue that being able to run the ball consistently has helped the defense. Because there were times last year where Wake would score so fast. And it was the Army game. I mean, wait, the Army game's an example. Wake just scored, 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 and this defense Mm -hmm. just kept running back out. Got to go right back out. Got to go right back out. Yep. So I totally agree. It's all related. Complimentary football Ah, at its finest. Wake Forest, come on. Just like complimentary podcasting. We love to see Ah, it. Come on. (laughs) Well, that's it from us, guys. Enough compliments for the day there (laughs) and complimentary. Uh, We'll have a massive episode on Wednesday. Really fun guest. You guys are going to love this. Young buck that's lightning on fire. Mm. You'll have to come back and see who I'm talking about. Who could it be? Where's uh, Carolina Blue? I always want to say baby blue, and I think that's offensive to – I don't think uh, they like that, yeah. I don't think they do, but I you didn't know, realize you were going to give that kind of hint. Yeah, it's a it's a guy that you know he does okay. He does okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's it from us, Graham Lincoln McLean. Another great episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Go get SiriusXM. Get it on your phone. Get it in your car. But we also need you to go over to YouTube, rate, review, subscribe. Always fun to hear from you guys there. Also go over to Apple Podcasts. Do the exact same thing. The OGs that are already there, we appreciate you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.